What have we here? Welcome to the wonders of Thedas. Welcome to the Wonders of Thetis podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren. And I'm Jessica. And today with us we have a very special guest, our very first special guest. Uh, and introduce is uh, A.B. Klosky, or you might know him as Platinum Warlock on the Green Running Forums. Hello! Hey there! Welcome to the Wonders of Thetis. Thank you, it's, it, it's an honor. I understand I'm yeah. your first guest. You are our first guest, yeah. The we've been, very first. We've been trying to get a couple guests on, but uh, we've had... Um, scheduling conflicts. Scheduling conflicts, like... sickness, and uh, time, oh, yeah. time zone differences. That seems to be par for the course, just for right. real life. <laughs> right. Well, thank you yeah. so much for joining us. Hey, my uh, tell pleasure. Us a little, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, so we know who we're dealing with here. Sure. Uh, I am a long-time gamer, long-time fan of uh, the Dragon Age video games and uh, and the tabletop game, obviously. Um, I <laughs> I taught for about 10 years in the uh, Dayton, Ohio area, and oh. uh, the um, in addition to that, I own my own uh, gaming company. I am I am Blackfall Ooh. Press LLC, uh, through which I publish the Cold Steel Wardens role playing in the Iron Age of Comics game. I, I uh, looked that up. That looks super cool. Yeah. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we we kickstarted our first book in 2012. Uh, nice. Just this past year, we kickstarted the follow-up book, which is Cold Steel Warden's Rogues Gallery, which will be uh, kind of kind of your monster manual sort of uh, thing, kind okay. of like the the forthcoming gotcha. Faces of Thetis, hopefully someday. Nice. Uh, but oh, we're uh, so one excited. day it'll happen. It's happening. <laughs> I, I'm crossing my fingers here. But oh, yeah. um, I've, I've worked for a number of other companies: uh, Cubicle Seven, Pinnacle Entertainment, um, Gamewick Games, on both um, on both role-playing and board game properties so uh it keeps me busy excellent um if you don't mind me asking what uh age and subject did you teach i taught uh 7 through 12 english oh hey me too (laughs) english buddies (laughs) yeah i'd give you a high five but you know space yeah the little bit of distance Uh, a little difficult. Mm-hmm. I've actually left teaching. Uh, I'm now, um, my official title is Assistant Director of Prospect Research at Wittenberg University, okay. which is where I went to college. Oh, I nice. almost went there, actually. Really? It was my <laughs> secondary option. Awesome. Yeah, I, I went to Witt, uh, I founded the Wittenberg Role Playing Guild, actually, while I was there, and we nice. we just got done with nice. our convention at the end of March, so nice. it's been a busy last couple weeks. Well, good deal. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about, and uh, let's see, this is going to be one of our background episodes. Uh, those of you who joined us on our social media, we had a poll where we would discuss uh, what background we were going to talk about. We wanted to go to the classic backgrounds from Dragon Age Origins, and I, being the dunce that I am, completely forgot to put up the city elf background. I, I kind of addended all of them later on, but it was really it was really tricky to like add them to the poll because I'd have to take the whole poll down and people would have to vote again. So, city elf will definitely yeah. be, yeah. Way to way for me to be a shemlin. <laughs> Poor elf. That's all right. Elves are secondary <laughs> citizens anyway. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> rude. Ow. I'm a dwarf rude. fan. <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, yep. Oh. Go not dream or something, I guess. I mean, come on. If you don't want magic, I guess it's okay. So, uh, we did, we had our poll, and uh, the results were, once again, we had like one 
one choice that just skyrocketed past everybody else. Yeah, not, uh, not a close race. Yeah, so at all. today we'll be talking about the Circle Mage. It got like a full fifty percent of the votes, uh, maybe fifty-two uh, percent of the votes, and it just overtook everything else. So we'll be talking about what it's like to be a Circle Mage. Um, first, we'll go through our, our uh, usual our, our usual suspects. Uh, we have no news for this week in Thetis, unfortunately. Uh, something will come out eventually. It'll be great. And when we hear of it, you'll hear of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> you folks will be the first ones to join us. Uh, so. Why don't we go ahead and jump right on into consulting the Codex? You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but... Oh, good. Thank you. I'm going to regret this, aren't I? Welcome to the Codex. We have only one question, but uh, it's a pretty good one. Um, from our good friend Parsifal on the Green Running Forums, our habitual question answer, uh, asker. Thank you very much. Thank Again. you as always. <laughs> Without you, the uh, the Codex section would not be what it is. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's an important fixture around here. Um, so your question, uh, and something we got into a discussion about on the forums already, is um, should miscasting be gotten rid of as it is in Fantasy Age? Uh, recall other members on the forums suggesting that it should be ditched, but I can't remember the reasoning. Uh, is there another mechanism that could be used to represent the dangers of demonic possession? Certainly spells never seem to miscast in the computer game, and the process of possession seems more related to bargains made through stress, fear, greed, or desire. I do have some things about this. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. It's a mage thing, and I have an opinion. <laughs> But, uh, You're a resident mage. I am resident mage. But uh, mage rights? <laughs> Just saying. That's the, uh, the primary issue I would have with removing the miscasting aspect is mm-hmm. that it would make willpower even less important than it already is. It's true. And uh, people already have a tendency to ditch willpower and just shove everything into magic, which... Is which makes yeah. If you do that, it make takes mages and turns them into pretty much a let's be real here a single stat dependent class. It's very true, and I think that it balances mages a bit. I know that when it comes to sheer damage, mages mm. are a little bit you know what like they don't scale as well mm. as say I don't know a rogue with penetrating damage. They usually don't have quite as many like I guess like just bonuses to damage. Yeah, but uh, their their battlefield control is unparalleled. Oh yeah, absolutely. And their their ability, I just I think that mages have a significant amount of power, uh-huh. and removing the miscast takes really one of the only limiters on some of those abilities and kicks it to the wayside, and one of the only things that encourages mm-hmm. uh, ability attribution that's not just straight magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only issue that I've that I've come to find so far is that. Unless you have someone that that's rolling triple ones on a on a regular basis, mm-hmm. it, uh, the miscasting kind of becomes almost trivial. Uh, it happens so very rarely that it's true. You know, when someone pops up with that willpower test, you know, yeah, it might be challenging, but it, uh, but at the same time, it's going to happen so rarely that it's not usually an in-game issue. Mm-hmm. I I can see. The idea of switching it towards uh, towards the bargain base, like let me mm-hmm. let me just just use a little blood magic. It doesn't have to be a whole lot, yeah. just a little blood. It's, it's, just a little... it's always just a little blood magic, <laughs> exactly. At first. But if I think there needs to be some kind of you know 
maybe link the miscasting to that. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe make it so that all mages could potentially dip into that blood mage or dip into that demonic essence. Rather oh, than, yeah, rather, I agree with that. Rather than necessarily making ma- uh, blood mage a specialization on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, make it that way it makes it a lot more tempting and you know you get mm-hmm. that that choice as a mage player i could do this but uh, <laughs> people might not like I'm... that so much <laughs> right right um i do think that keeping it as like a, a rule that can pop up kind of keeps it fair for a lot of folks uh as one as one of the possible um i guess ticks in its favor is that um especially if we keep it to like purely uh, story-based whether or not a character uh, starts dealing with demons or becoming possessed then some gms could take that a little too far and might you know just snap their fingers and suddenly there's a demon reaching out for you in the middle of that spell that flame blast you cast just got a lot more dangerous didn't it mm-hmm. um of course that's that's in worst case scenarios with uh, bad gms and, yeah, if you've um, got an us versus them GM, that's going to get ugly no matter what happens pretty much, I right. think, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. But especially if you just put the power of, well, you're an abomination now, right, into the <laughs> hands of that GM, you're going to have some angry players. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's really it's really got to be a plot negotiated point that if you're going to mm-hmm. go, if you're going to go whole hog abomination or... or or play with that idea of the risk. I mean, you, you need to have a discussion with that player and say, like, look, you know, this is this is what's going to happen if you keep pushing. And and, um, and the player needs to be on board with, I want to be able to push, and if that's what happens, so be it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, as for some other mechanisms that could be used to represent demonic possession, we actually have uh, a couple of things that we've already featured on the podcast. Uh, one of which was the... Uh, I think it was the uh, Dark Temptation Blood Magic rules that we wrote, uh, and we have on our blog ava- uh, available for everyone to see. Um, and I believe it was last episode we talked about Fantasy Age, and um, we had, goodness, somebody made the whole, like, squished all the spell lists of Dragon oh, yeah. Age and Fantasy Age together, and they rewrote the that mishaps so table. so cool. They, had, like, a, they actually had, like, a bigger mishaps table where you'd, like, roll a d6. You know, you, like, roll a d6 and then... Uh, depending on that first roll, you then roll another d6 to get it to get some different results. And um, I didn't look at it too closely, but it, uh, from what I saw, I was I thought it was pretty cool. It wasn't I didn't think it was quite as bad as uh, some of the nastier things on the um, uh, the current mishaps table, which is you know if you really really suck that last uh, willpower <laughs> test, you're you you got a demon grabbing onto your body. I've got to say one of uh, I kind of almost like the fact that the 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 triple ones comes up so rarely for mm-hmm. a long while. Uh, my group was playing dark heresy, the, uh, the Warhammer 40 K role playing game mm-hmm. and playing a psyker in that, in that, uh, setting. Anytime you roll a nine, you roll on the warp chart and we calculated the, the odds. And it was any time oh. a nine was rolled, uh, there was a one in about 200% chance that the game just ends, that something oh, so catastrophic has happened that oh, TPK. Okay, and, yeah. and mind you, you know, this is every time they're casting any spell. Like, oh, God. Um, That's crazy. When, oh, maker. Yeah, we, <laughs> we very narrowly avoided some of that, and then... Ironically, that campaign did end in a TPK. The uh, uh, the psyker uh, feared uh, everyone, and there was a horrible, right. horrible transport accident, and it was a hot mess. 
So we don't have it as bad as some other folks have got it. It could be worse. Um, I did actually notice that uh, the mishaps table gets a little less dangerous the higher your willpower is and the higher your self-discipline is. Because if you've got it high enough, it actually makes it impossible impossible for you to roll some of the nastier stuff on there. Like if... Because uh, to get the harrowing result, you have to roll a six on the dragon die, which and means still fail. Right, and still fail, which means that you actually you there's a really small window that it actually can occur, um, especially if the mage really puts a lot into willpower. So I don't think it's actually that dangerous, especially because mm-hmm. we've I think we've had it come up maybe twice in our eighteen level campaign. Well, I mean, I've had some issues with uh, I could I'd say it happened more than once to me, but mm-hmm. not to because I put stuff in willpower. Not to a point where it's going to be right. potentially devastating. Like, I'm going to fall on my butt, and I'm going to take some damage. You also get a nice staff. I do also. <laughs> now it can't actually happen. Like, I can't get uh, possessed because that staff is really great. That's but. definitely mm. helpful. I wonder oh, if yeah. there would be some way to make uh, to make the possession idea scalar. Like, make that linked mm-hmm. somehow to level. Because... I can see that. Uh, Ooh, you know, a yeah. novice Ooh. mage who barely knows his first three spells you mm-hmm. know shouldn't should not attract quite as much demonic attention as someone like yeah. say a first enchanter orsino who you know oh yeah oh uh, man <laughs> too soon oh sad <laughs> oh <laughs> i guess he brought that on himself a little bit but poor, uh, but having fella. that giant hulking demon there like like right. there, there's gonna be a I, I want to almost say a named NPC demon that's gonna that's gonna come in. That would, yeah. that would yeah. be a neat idea as well, having like mm-hmm. specific demons being able to uh, come in rather than I could see that rather than like generic that, yeah. pride demon or generic uh, generic rage demon. Mm-hmm. I'd like to take this moment to point out to you that our specific named demon that's been haunting us throughout this campaign is dead. Yeah, she's, just before you try anything she has messed with you guys she's at, I think at least four times by she's now. gone we killed her she's dead <laughs> even possessed the final boss of act one and everything it was pretty crazy and then came back recently and then we killed with her the, the corpse fade. of the final boss wow You're the worst so that... no no that won't be happening in this campaign but think about it for a different one. Oh yeah <laughs> that's that's pretty playing. impressive <laughs> I, I was pretty happy about that uh so if you have a question about the Dragon Age RPG, any questions of any kind, send a message to podcast at gmail.com. You can send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, or SoundCloud accounts, or you can send a personal message to Kotha Protector on the Green Running Forums. That's me. Yep. And I guess Just, you could... I mean, you could send something to me. I might get it someday. I won't. <laughs> I won't check it. I'm oh. sorry. I like you guys. I really do. Uh, maybe I'll check it sometime, but I just... We got a couple days off. You can just double check. That's true. We do have time off right now. I could check it. You just wait. You'll you'll check that, and there'll be like fifty questions in there. They've all just come to you. Oh, feel so bad. (laughs) Oh no, I'll feel so bad. No, it's it's there probably won't be anything, and I'll be I'll be uh, I won't feel too bad. But if there if there are like fifty questions, Mm -hmm. I'll probably cry next time we do a podcast. Right. (sighs) Well, um, thank you again for your question, Parsible. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to go ahead and open our books to the Dissonant Verses. Do you ever wonder what lies at the edges of the map, past the seas? No. I think we have enough to worry about on this continent. Uh, of course, but... <sighs> Welcome to the Dissonant Verses. Do you need magic items for your game? Have you ever looked at the huge list of magic items in Dragon Age and wondered why you can't use them in your RPG adventures in Thetis? Fear no longer. 
Because we are the wonders of Thetis, after all. Where would we be if we didn't carry items crafted by the Circle, as well as a variety of antiquities? We I mean, have... We're not that guy with the tiny bear. Maybe. We're not the guy with the tiny... We we're, we're not that weirdo with the tiny bear and that little and the golem and the little kid who washes him. We're better than that guy. <laughs> let's see. We don't, let's see. We don't talk about uh, any um, antiquarians around here. We have antiquities. We have dignity. Yes. And we were going to do an April Fool's thing for you guys yeah. involving uh, changing the website a bit. Yeah, we had a convention that weekend. We had about 15,000 things happening. I had to, happen I had to prepare three like level 12 to 15 scenarios for that convention <laughs> and a module for the following Monday. And I had to play for no credit in all of them <laughs> so that they would run. Yeah, we lost a lot of sleep. Uh, I was, we were going to have like an April Fool's um, where uh, the Black Emporium took over the Wonders of Thetis and the, the podcast's name changed and everything. Um, Maybe next year. Maybe next year. That would be but, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought I thought I, I thought about doing it just in like little ways, but I figured if we really wanted to get noticed, we we'd have go to whole do a lot of work on it. <laughs> but uh, because we are in fact the wonders of Thetis, um, we have written a few blogs already. Perhaps you've seen them about magic items and have converted more than 150 items from the video games into the tabletop RPG. All of these items are now collected into a larger document, categorizing them by I the items by type. Uh, and we have an extra section uh, at the very bottom, new items actually crafted by our special guest. I've been Yay. busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Dragon Age kind of, uh, what's it? Uh, in, um, I want to say, I don't want to say requires it, but uh, makes it really easy to make new stuff for it. Oh yeah, very very simple, very streamlined, and it, it's mm -hmm. uh, the way the stunt system works. It's very easy to to make something fit very well thematically with what you want it to do. Uh, yes, definitely. So, uh, if you folks are looking for some uh, and some items that you can use, some old and some brand new that were uh, that uh, you crafted for your campaign, correct? I did. Yes, I've been running. I've been running actually a campaign for a, a different role playing game called. Uh, uh, Lamentations of the Flame Princess. Uh, the the scenario is called Ooh. Scenic Dunsmith. Yeah, Lamentations is kind of a, a original D and D retro clone. But okay. uh, I'd heard this uh, this scenario was very highly regarded. Uh, so I decided okay. to sit down and, and take a read. And the first thing sitting down to read this, all I could think was the Fallowmire section of Dragon Age Inquisition. Ooh, Ooh I like that. It's, uh, it's set in this backwoods, uh, borderline hillbilly swamp. Uh, okay. So within the context of, of my home campaign, um, which we're about to wrap up, or uh, they're almost th through the scenario entirely. Um, gotcha. The group are agents of the Inquisition. They actually got to meet with Sister Nightingale at the start of the campaign. Nice. And oh, they've been they were dispatched to Dunsmith to find to follow up on a one of her missing agents, an elf named Whisper. Uh, Whisper mm -hmm. was tracking uh, some Venatori through the area, um, and we've set up the whole lore. So within nice. within our campaign, we had Inquisitor Trevelyan who sided with the Templars and nice. um, uh, and ended up uh, the, currently the Inquisitor and his uh, his inner circle are off trying to free the Empress de Leon uh, in oh, Relay. So gotcha. so obviously our, okay. our player characters are busy, you know, cleaning up in Ferelden. Digging it. So, I like it. So they're cool. they've been tracking uh, tracking Venatori through there and. Dunsmith has a lot of problems, not the least awesome. of which are spiders and time magic. Oh. I see I love one of those and despise the other. And it's exactly the kind of way you would expect. I mean, 
that's fair. Time magic wasn't hasn't been very good to Dragon Age either. No, it wasn't the one I hated. But well, yeah, I know. Okay, I, that's why I said either. <laughs> oh, okay, it has not been very very fun for our player characters either. Gotcha. We, our Templar was at one point aged to um, aged to sen- senility and then de-aged oh, to abate uh, to infancy. Oh no. She's oh, currently four years younger than she was when she arrived in Dunsmith. Oh man, uh, we've Jeez. had we've had a couple um, a couple jaunts through time. They've um, the, our dwarf uh, our dwarf rogue has visited the post apocalypse after Corypheus is won. Oh man! So, oh no! So he got to see the the sky with the uh, with the, oh, man. Uh, the 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 raw fade just hanging in the sky. It's been it's been a mess. <laughs> Oh man! But they're almost—they're almost there. Almost oh man! Ooh. Gotcha. Oh man! Well, that's a rough that time. That sounds super I'm... exciting, though. <laughs> it's been a blast. It, uh, it. And so that's where all of these. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, all the magic items that I created. Yeah, that's were... where these items are coming from, right? Exactly. They've all come from there. Um. Oh, I think the, we're um... losing you a bit. Oh. Still there? Can you hear? No. Uh, we're still here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the webcam's going out. Oh, okay. I think the connection might just be getting a little okay. angry. All right. That's okay. Sorry about that. Um, the you can you can still hear us. Yes. The um, okay. One of Good. the one of the items in there, the tear of the swamp, was uh, gifted to that dwarven rogue uh, mm-hmm. after his the rest of the party got captured, and. Uh, it was given mm-hmm. to him by a blood mage, who of course wanted something in return, namely his service. So that that's totally gone well awesome. for him all all around, especially going back to the Templar. Oh uh, yeah, that... I can't imagine that going badly. <laughs> can't imagine that that would at all be a problem. <laughs> no, not in the least. So, um, but all these items uh, came from this campaign specifically. Yeah. Um... A few of them uh, were built into the built into the campaign framework itself, and obviously I had to redo the stats for okay. uh, for Dragon gotcha. Age because they were all built for limitations uh, rather than rather than the the all age right. system. But gotcha. I think they've remained true, and the the vast majority of them are totally new creations, uh, like the the Lance of Winter gotcha. and the Tig's Terror, uh, which which has been. Hmm threatened over the over said dwarven rogue many many times <laughs> oh, good. yeah i i read a couple of those and they've got a lot of excellent flavor to them i, I was i was a little spooked when i was reading about the uh the the tig what was it the tig killer yeah the tig's terror the yeah it's a it's a, a dwarf terror. skull dipped in molten steel and then uh fitted as a right. as a ball that that's currently what our yeah. uh, what oh. our templar is building <laughs> or wielding <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's um that is a weapon that you could definitely wield <laughs> <laughs> so uh if you'd like to see items like these and more uh you can of course find them in our resources for your game page on our blog wonders of podcast.wordpress.com if you'd like to let us know about some custom Dragon Age RPG content or even send us your own, you can send a message to Podcast at gmail.com. Send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, or SoundCloud accounts, or send a personal message to Cot the Protector on the Green Running forums. That's me. So there we are. So there we are. Now, uh, I believe that uh, 
we gathered this circle of folks here so that we could talk about something very specific. Can you make a circle with three people? Wouldn't it be sure. kind of like a triangle? I mean, if we like hold our arms like this. Yeah, oh, I mean, okay. the human body we can, we can... curves. We're, we're... <laughs> <laughs> we can make it happen. So, um, we'll, ju- we'll go ahead and start. Oh, we're going to talk about the circle mage. This is our main topic for today. Is it fate or chance? I can never decide. So, you're a circle mage. Uh, You folks can turn to page 16 in the core rulebook and you can see the background for yourself. Uh, we're gonna just we're gonna talk about what it's like to be a circle mage. Uh, maybe like a handful of build suggestions with some adventure seeds at the end. It's it's gonna be a good time. We're gonna talk about how much it stinks to be a mage in Thetis. <laughs> but you're also the cool kid, so I mean, be aware. <laughs> uh, right, right. If you could exterminate the cool kids all at once in one fell ritual. <laughs> that is true. I mean, yeah. Those uh, Templar kids try to stick your head in the toilet. You can just. <laughs> set them on fire i mean they're made of metal if you learn some lightning spells it works oh, out. this is getting a little real um, <laughs> we're getting into apostasy territory we already talked about the apostate earlier we're gonna uh, that's uh, my jam. <laughs> so um first very simple question what's a circle mage uh simply put a circle mage is a mage who has uh taken to the circle of ma- has been taken to the circle of magi to be trained to use their gift responsibly and to keep them from hurting anyone uh with the other unchecked magical powers uh, unlike the apostate you are a legal mage mm. given permission to practice magic under the eye of the chantry and the templars you are uh you can either be a human or an elf uh, most circles mages are human but many elves and alienages turn their children over to the circle to avoid apostasy status and the wrath it would bring from the Templars. No alienages need that. Yeah, nobody wants that. Elves already have ninety-nine problems. They don't need. They don't need a mage one. No, exactly. Right, and several of those problems are actually already majory because <laughs> the. Uh, if we're talking about Dalish. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay, our problems aren't the fact that we have mages. Our problems are the fact that people are jerks to our mages. There we I'm go. Just saying. It's very true. I, I have very strong feelings about this. I've been a Dalish mage for 18 levels now. It's been a good time. So, uh, well, uh, where do circle mages come from? And the answer is just about everywhere. Uh, literally, as far as we know, anybody can be born with magical talent, although it does seem Unless to be... Unless you're a dwarf, obviously. Right. Correct. <laughs> Um, it does seem to be a hereditary thing. Uh, families, let's see, families with magical power in them tend to have more mage children than families who have never had magical power in them. But it is never a guarantee that you are not going to have a mage baby. So, uh, there are circles in about every nation where the Chantry has a hold, uh, which is technically all of them, less so for Ravain. Let's see, uh, but, uh... As long as there's a circle, but uh, as the Circle of Magi is technically a Chantry institution, uh, it's technically an Andrastian thing, unless you're in Tevinter, in which case it is a, uh, it's a Tevinter Chantry, it's the, under the, under the, command of the Black Divine instead of the White Divine. Mm-hmm. But, um, every nation's got at least one circle where young humans and elves are gathered from the surrounding nation to be raised in the circle. Uh, there are about a dozen in all, uh, so figuring out which one you come from and learning who lives there or what culture they have can influence your character's background quite a bit. And, of course, if you want to make one up, 
and or if the one you're looking at doesn't have any culture, you can make it yourself. You can be the master of your own uh, mage background, and that can be a lot of fun building your whole building a whole circle of, uh, circle of magi for yourself. Especially when you can develop all those relationships, like a- answering the big questions. Well, how do your mages get on with the Templars? What kind of uh, faction right. would th- uh, do? Uh, what kind of factions hold sway? Who really holds the power within within mm-hmm. that uh, within that circle? Oh yeah, it can inform a lot about your character's uh, background and their personality and their their feelings when they get out of the circle. Finally, mm-hmm. uh, at least we're assuming that your adventure takes you outside of the circle. Of course, uh, you can uh, of course have like a very Harry Potter adventure where everybody's a circle, a circle mage, and you're still in the cha- the tower and going on mage adventures. I've actually but, um, <laughs> thought about running a game like that yeah. where everyone <laughs> was technically an apostate uh, after the cir- after their circle has fallen. And... Oh, oh, gotcha! Ooh, Ooh, that like during the, like the mage the mage Templar war. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that sounds that sounds dark. A little bit. Very Dragon Age. Very Dragon <laughs> Age. I dig it. Uh, so, you were most let's uh, let's see. You were most likely found to have magical powers as a child. Uh, most people turn their children over to the chantry right away, uh, but some people don't wish to lose their children. Noble children lose all their holdings and titles and any claim that they have to their family name. So some wealthy parents try to have their children conceal their powers so they don't lose face, or uh, they can be or they can be exploited for having uh, let's see uh, to marry marriages. their kids off. Marry their kids off exactly. Let's see, and, and and of course the parents don't want to lose face for having mage children. That's just a scandal. I think about the uh, the, the codex entries from Inquisition mm-hmm. when the what is it Chateau d'Anterre, the haunted mm-hmm. mansion in the in the Emerald Graves, where <laughs> you know they we find out about the lengths that some parents are willing to go to keep that a secret. Yeah, that's a that's some play. That's a fun dungeon. Mm-hmm. A fungeon. I knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> well, uh, concealing your magical powers uh, can get you and your family and friends in a lot of trouble. Rita's so, dead. Rita's <laughs> potentially dead, or at the very least, uh, arrested by the Templars. Or tranquil. Or harboring. <laughs> right. Or, or tranquil. Ooh, that's kind of worse than dead. That's a, yeah. Hmm. So, um, determining where you were, uh, you also want to be good to know where your character was before they d- discovered where their powers came from. Mm-hmm. Um, Wynne set a barn on fire by accident, she, uh, she mentioned, um, when she was very little and her parents sent her right off to the, to the Chantry. Um, and I think, uh, I don't remember much about Anders's background, but I do remember that his mo- that they did let him keep his mother, uh, a pillow that his mother sewed for him. Uh, but that was the only thing that they let him take. Uh, when the when the Templars come to uh, come to get you, they just pluck you out of your house and drag you right to the circle, <laughs> usually kicking and screaming. I wonder why people don't like the circle. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. No, especially not the Templars. I can't imagine why mages don't like the Templars. They have such good first impressions. Yeah, this is definitely why all the Dalish like to send their kids to the Templars. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. It works out really well for everyone involved. Get a good proper and and drastian education. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, what's, uh, what is, so, what is the Circle of Magi? Uh, that's a very important question to ask, uh, since we're going, it's, 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 uh, going to be a very large part of your background. Historically, having magical powers outside of Tevinter, uh, was, as you got you shunned, and you and you were hunted for having magic outside of Tevinter, and honestly, being a mage in Tevinter just meant you had a lot of competition. 
the Deventer Imperium's history of mageocracy and tyrannical magisters only fanned the flames of mage hatred, making any mage a villain in those times. Um, it was the magisters of the Deventer Imperium who opened the Fade and stepped into the Golden City, after all, and they blackened it with their sin. They were cast out by the Maker himself, twisted and corrupted as the first Darkspawn. When they returned to Thetis, they sought out their old gods for guidance and corrupted them with their sin, turning them into the archdemons and unleashing the blight on Thetis. By most people's account, that's kind of your fault, because you're a mage, and we don't think these things through. Um, but uh, in the wake of the first blight, Andraste had risen and been, had risen into prominence and been betrayed by her husband, and in, in 120 Divine, after the beginning of the second blight, the original Inquisition signed the Navarran Accord. Uh, which created, at the same time, the Circle of Magi, uh, the Templar Order, and the Seekers of Truth. Um, the Navarna Accord allowed mages to practice their magic under the close watch of the relatively new religion, the Chantry, and Rashtianism, because the mages had proved themselves uh, in being able to roast Darkspawn with their hands. Who knew that that might come in handy? <laughs> Who knew? So, what are the odds? <laughs> right. So, they were given permission to practice, and, uh, practice their craft... Uh, under the, under the watch of the Templars. Um, the Circle of Magi, let's see, came out, of course came about, and the Templar Order was established at the same time to watch over these, these mages in these towers, uh, and of course to fight corrupt magic users across Thetis. Um, it's now the Dragon Age. The Circle of Magi still exists, probably, depend, uh, probably depending on what you do in Inquisition. Not yeah. so much in my game. <laughs> gotcha, yeah, yeah. That's, I, yeah. And I, think it's, I think it's broken into several pieces in mine. Yeah. <laughs> Fiona is off working with Calpurnia at this point in, in my game. Ooh. Oh, man. Oh, man, that's right. You sided with the Templars, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trevalen uh, started uh, sided with the Templars within our gotcha. within our home game. <laughs> yeah, my Inquisitor Lavalin sided with the Mages. Didn't really care for the mages. Templars. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've played through the video game. I'm now on my, mm -hmm. I, uh, I think, fourth or fifth playthrough. And nice. the, the, uh, this time I, I'm playing through as a, a human mage Trevalen, and i sided with the mages so gotcha. I've, I've, I've done both at this point but gotcha. yeah, within yeah. within my tabletop game we have a we have a human a human rogue Trevalen who's uh sided with the with the templars right gotcha yeah if you're the gm you get to use your save file <laughs> it's all really well, right i mean mostly mostly i mean if you're if you're wife is playing the game sometimes she gets some creative <laughs> input into what the dragon age keep has to say for itself yes so uh by this point practicing magic outside of the circle of magi is considered a capital offense uh in most places and most time periods um but you're a circle mage so you're good mostly kinda? mostly right mostly um, <laughs> more or less to you know insofar as you could be okay for being a, for being a mage um, so, uh, then a very, some very important stuff you could determine for your character is what's life like inside the circle of Magi? Um, most circles, uh, because, you know, there's different languages, there's just different cultures across the latest, circles are probably going to have their own traditions, uh, depending on which circle you go to. Uh, and each one could even have its own particular, I guess, um, idiosyncrasies and relations with the Templars and stuff. But a few things are going to be pretty much the same in all the circles. Um, in most of the circles, at least. When you are first brought to the circle, you are going to have some blood drawn by the first enchanter and the Templars. This blood is used to create a phylactery that can be used to track you should you try to escape. I've always found that to be one of the most unique 
things about how mages are treated in this. And, you know, I mentioned yeah. that, that all mage campaign previously, uh -huh. uh, one of the big plot points, and this hasn't really been touched on in the video games as much. Mm -hmm. They've got to be keeping these phylacteries somewhere. As, yes. as yeah. the Chantry, as the Templar Order. So presumably, mm -hmm. there's a huge repository or repositories right. where there's the blood of every mage who's walked through the Circle of Magi. Mm -hmm. what, they, um... what would you do <laughs> if you had a heist? Right, exactly, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, of course, if you play Dragon Age Origins, uh, the mage origin does exactly that, actually. <laughs> You, you go to this Ferelden Circles repository because you're trying to find one of your friend's phylacteries and get rid of it because they want they want to leave. and Because um, that's fun, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I also <laughs> i am particularly fond of the, uh, the fact that the primary threat that they use to keep you from trying to leave and use blood magic is the fact that they're going to track you down with blood magic. And one of the most delightful little hypocrisies. Uh, it's uh, just... Especially terrible. the Templars. They're terrible. Yeah. But we're Blood using it for a, for, the, for a good purpose, right? Oh, well then. Well <laughs> then. That, makes that, it that okay. changes everything, right? <laughs> everything. Because oh. it's Chantry approved. Now, let's see. The maker said we could do it. Now shut up. <laughs> yeah, that, there it is. <laughs> That's it. So, um... They're going to use their hypocrisy blood magic to make sure that you have your, uh, and see that you are going to be compliant. And should you ever run away, they can use it to track you. And, um, I've heard some folks whisper that you can actually cast spells through it to, like, affect the mage whose blood it has. But, eh. Because Templars are usually the ones who are going after them. They probably don't they really get to test that or use that much just because Templars don't cast spells. That'd be... They'd be a mage. Be, exactly, yeah. If you if you uh, if you think about maybe some of the lore from Inquisition, like Cassandra can set the lyrium in a in a mage's blood on fire. Right? Can she do that at a distance using a phylactery? Ooh. Oh no! You know, you know, I could see that. That could be. Ooh. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's bad news. <laughs> Yeah, that's bad news. If a seeker, of course, if a seeker of truth has got your phylactery, you're in. You're you're already in. You're already in the doghouse. Yep. Um, and uh, if I actually recall correctly, if the phylacteries are collected for and uh, kept in individual circles for all the apprentices. Um, but when you actually become a full-fledged member of the Circle of Magi, they take your phylactery and they take it to. They move it to the White Spire in Orlay. Um, where, you know, of course, the center of Chantry power is and the center of the Templar order is. So Biggest they, heist oh, ever. Oh, yeah, they keep it in really big vaults. Yes. You get what I'm putting down right here. That, yes. Tell me that would not Biggest. make an awesome campaign. Sneak no. into the oh, white, white Spire. Sign <laughs> Steal the mage phylactery. If we're, if we're in the Inquisition era, something's already happened to that stuff. Uh, if you read uh, Dragon Age Asunder, yep. and stuff's already happened to it. This is true. <laughs> Yeah, um, but so, if you did it around like say I mean, just after Origins, but think like how great, yeah, think of how much you could uh, play with the timeline if you uh, decided to just sneak into the White Spire, find that huge repository, and then just fireball the whole room. <laughs> oh man, that fireball though—that's a fireball that's absorbing a whole bunch of blood, like magical blood. Oh man, <laughs> what happens to that fireball? Like, maybe it does a bit more than you were expecting it to. <laughs> <laughs> Mage rights! Mage rights! <laughs> Think it like Anders. Because that turned out well. Like... No, no. I don't feel like this podcast has a slight possible bias. Yeah. 
Let's see. Uh, to all of our, our uh, Andrastian sponsors, uh, we don't. Uh, We're joking. We're joking. Mm-hmm. This is, these are all jokes. Long live the Chantry. Uh, praise the divine and stuff. Um, <laughs> Praise the sun. That's so, game. Uh, during your stay in the Circle of Magi, um, you are going to train under instructors who are called enchanters. They're going to teach you about history, magical theory, medicine, and basic things like uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Your ag- education in the Chantry is actually pretty top-notch. It's going to be on par with what a noble child might receive. Um, probably a little better, honestly. Uh, probably a little better, because you're, you're learning... It's because they, That's all I mean, you can do. <laughs> I mean, you're stuck in a circle. You're stuck in this big tower. You can't really leave. You can't walk around. Uh, so might as well read a book. Might as well read a whole bunch of books. And most circles most circles have uh, really big libraries, so they'll teach you a lot about history, and then you can take that lore talent and feel and feel super cool about it, or you mm-hmm. can uh, take the churgy talent because you studied medicine. Um, there's a lot of really big. There's a lot of eggheads in in, in uh, mage and chan- circles uh, circles of mage. Nerd so, towers. Yeah, exactly, nerd towers. And so you can learn a lot of stuff there. You're probably you're usually probably going to be pretty uh, pretty educated. Granted, you know that's going to be a case by case thing. Um, above the enchanters, uh, the the uh, educators are the senior enchanters, who are a small group of the most experienced mages in a circle. Above them is the first enchanter, who represents a specific circle in its entirety uh, to the College of Enchanters uh, in Cumberland. And above even them is the Grand Enchanter, the mage who represents the circle of magi directly to the divine herself. Uh, and as far as we know, we've only had we've only known about one Grand Enchanter, which was Fiona, who supposedly I think took over nine thirty nine, like maybe a year or two before Inquisition happened. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So if you're playing earlier campaigns, you can make up your so your grand your uh, grand enchanter whoever that happened to be before that and uh, make use them for your campaigns. Let's see. Um, you are given plenty to eat and drink, and you're relatively safe uh, from the outside world. Uh, although you can't go it. there, you can say that about most prisons as well. Yeah. Um, you are naturally allowed not allowed to leave the tower, but some circles have grounds outside the towers that mages can walk around and they can get some fresh air and. Uh, these are the exception and not the rule. However, uh, you can actually there's a, a nice comparison I always like to make is that uh, in the Anderfells, one of the let's see, one of the circles in the Anderfells, the mages actually like go out on the grounds and they take spiral staircases to the top of the tower uh, and they actually do like aerobics in the mornings. They actually like get them out and they exercise and aren't they uh, like a lot healthier? Yeah, and the folks in the Anderfells are real healthy. It's but, time um, in the yard. <laughs> Exactly, yeah, there you yeah. go. You just get them out, and and, and, uh, and some of them were like listening to the, all the problems that the southern that the mages elsewhere were having. Like, well, no wonder they're having so much problems. They're all locked up in cages. <laughs> and of course, if you go to Kirkwall, the in the gallows, the Circle of Magi was literally a prison before that. Before it was made into the Circle of Magi, so your bedroom's a cell. Yeah, not not cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three squares okay. a day, half an hour in the yard. Sounds pretty par for the course. Yep. yep. Seems like about what... Oh, man. You go, when you when the bell rings, you go to class or the Templars, or the Templars will escort you there. So, um... Speaking of... Right. Uh, speaking of, those Templars are going to be on constant watch over you and your peers. Uh, their duty... Technically, is to keep you out of trouble. Uh, let's see, and uh, keep. Oh, let's see. They're supposed to be. And they're originally established as you know, as like, uh, guardians. They're supposed to watch over you and also make sure that you don't hurt anybody else. Uh, however, let's see. They're they're also, of course, trained to um, strike down strike down any mages who succumb to their gift and turn into abominations. 
uh, and they are trained to strike you down without a moment's hesitation to preserve the safety of the circle and the people outside it from a raging abomination. Uh, for this reason, Templars are also taught not to fraternize or even speak much to the mages of their circle to avoid forming bonds that could make their duties more complicated. If you turn into an abomination, the Templars understand that any delay to stop you could cost lives, so they avoid interacting with their charges, except for disciplinary purposes. Naturally, this does not foster any understanding or kindness from either party. It is very likely that you dislike the Templars unless you were lucky and got a lot of nice ones to watch over you and your peers, but again... That's the exception and not really the rule. Or at least, from most of the accounts that you'd hear, at least in the video games. But of course, the video games take place in Kirkwall, which was a particularly bad example. Yeah, yeah the Templars really were so rarely portrayed as sympathetically. I, w I was interested to see how that how that played out in Inquisition. But mm -hmm. um, uh, having that, that sort of Templar-mage contact, as illicit as it may be, that that's a mm -hmm. plot hook sitting right there. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a big um, so, one. Yeah, uh, supposedly even Wynn had a uh, special relationship with the Templar once. Oh, scandalous. Um, ooh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's why Reese exists. Exactly, that's why the <laughs> one of the main characters of Dragon Age Asunder exists. Naturally. It's very awkward. Very sweet, though. <laughs> that's a very sad book. Very sad. No spoilers. None no of those, spoilers. None of, them, none of them end well. At least none of the Dragon Age. Let's see, maybe one of the Dragon Age books I've read ends well. I'm not saying I mean they play in Dragon Age. They know what they're getting into. It stinks here. Thetis is awful. <laughs> Thetis is terrible, and you should feel bad. There, I summarized every book. So, um, and of course, another one of the important things that you're going to need to know about you being a mage in the circle is uh, when you're training Nier's completion, you are going to, you are set to go on a, uh, a, to, through a test called the Harrowing. Uh, the background, the, let's see, the background from the book I likely assumes that you've already taken your Harrowing by the time the adventure starts, uh, but playing out your Harrowing could be an excellent way to open your adventure like they do in Dragon Age Origins. You can play out the actual Harrowing you go through. Uh, the Harrowing is kept secret from the, uh, from the apprentices, uh, and for good reason. Uh, they give you lyrium to send your mind into the Fade, where you are to seek out a demon and demonstrate that you can fight off its attempts to possess you. You know, a uh, bit of a baptism by fire. Uh, Templars, uh, right, and Templars, of course, stand over your unconscious body with their swords raised, ready to strike you should the demon ever take, you, uh, take over and you uh, lose control. Uh, most of who know, know of the test do not care for it, and note that some Templars seem a bit too eager and re to be ready to strike down the failed applicants. Um, alas, it is currently how things are done. If you want to become a full-fledged member of the Circle, it is uh, a step you will have to take. Um, or, so, well, there is one option. I mean, there is one option. It's not a real option. You can become tranquil. You know. Yeah. Magical lobotomies all around. Oh yeah, yeah! Get a big sunburst tattooed on your forehead. It looks like super metal. Yeah, with a name like Tranquil, you know it's probably going to be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Tranquil mages uh, have been cut off from the Fade, making them immune to possession by demons, but also removing their ability to dream and feel emotions. Uh, the Tranquil are still kept around the Circle to form an organization called the Formari, uh, who use their incredible capacity for patience and hard work to craft magical items uh, that the Circle sells to make money and fund its uh, fund research and buy new books and buy food and water. So, you know, it's, you can either uh, go fight a demon or you can have a lobotomy and go work in our sweatshops. 
Wow, my, my, my the myriad options of the circle mage. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Isn't this fun, kids? Oh yeah, being a being a circle mage is awesome. I mean, that plus one to magic is pretty baller. Well, I mean, yeah, I didn't get that. No, no. I just rolled a four. I mean, yeah. Um, never happened again, and will never happen again. I'll never so, run. um, right. Um, one of the uh, more unique uh, aspects of circle culture uh, are the fraternities, uh, yeah. and um, while like you these. technically have to, well, see, when you become a full fledged member of the circle, you can't technically join a fraternity because you have to become an enchanter. Enchanters, like the instructors, can become members of the fraternities, um, but. Let's see, the, let's see, the fraternities are basically schools of thought, or factions within the Circle of Magi, who have opinions on how magic should be used and how the Circle of Magi should conduct itself. Um, even though only enchanters can join uh, fraternities, it is perfectly acceptable for, um, let's see, for a Circle of Mage to identify with at least one. Um, picking one can be an excellent way to flesh out how your character feels about the Circle, even though you're technically not allowed to join one. Um, those... Um, Let's see, those are the Aquitarians, the Isolationists, the Libertarians, the Loyalists, and the Lucrosians. Um, Do you want to describe these? Yeah, sure. Uh, in brief, uh, the Aquitarians are the most popular uh, fraternity in the Circle of Magi. They're the most populous one. Um, and they're kind of the, they're the most moderate. They're the ones who think that magic should be used responsibly, and uh, some degree of freedom should, be given, uh, should probably be given up for the safety of everybody around them. Um, but mages should be, you know, able to be able to... Uh, support each other and um, foster each other's talents and become responsible users of magic for the betterment of everybody else. Um, it's the most popular, but it's also the most uh, moderate. Well, it's a, 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 probably actually not the most moderate. Uh, um, the most moderate are the loyalists, uh, who are the ones who say that the Chantry should tell us what to do. Uh, we are at the disposal. We are at the disposal of the Chantry. The Chantry has, uh, you know... Literally disposal. No, uh, ooh. I'm not wrong. No, you're not. You'll never <laughs> guess which of these uh, fraternities. Hmm. Right. Fraternity the loyalists are folks who basically cleave uh, cleave to the chantry and its decisions and think that the chantry and the templars know best um, and should make all and, and can make all the decisions for us. Um, we can't be trusted without with the decisions, so uh, we'll let somebody else do it. Naturally, that's not a terribly popular. One no. to join. Um, ah. Right. Can't um, imagine it would be. <laughs> the one I imagine you would belong to are the libertarians, uh, who are ones who are always advocating for more mage rights. Yeah, mage rights, more freedoms for the mages. Um, yeah, let's see. Their ultimate dream would be that mages could just be free citizens of Thetis, who can you know still band together to ba uh, practice their magic and uh, learn how to use it well, but could like you know do things like maybe start a farm or have a family or. Uh, just go out and do whatever you dang well please and just be... Because uh, you're a person. Yeah, because you're a person. Uh, we can take care of it. Uh, of course, those are some folks who are watched very closely by the Templars. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Um, all right. Uh, one of the weirder uh, fraternities is the Isolationists, who think that ma that uh, magic is inc magic has incredible power and also incredible danger. Mages should be removed from society to protect uh, them, to so that they can practice their craft in peace, and so that they don't endanger any of the normal people of Thetis. They should just be uh, removed. The so, so the circle, let's see, like the circle of magi should just be elsewhere, so that we can keep everybody else safe. Where else? It's super removed already. I know. How far? How much farther away can you get? See, we'll, let's see. We'll dig a hole and we'll go live in that. And, <laughs> then you're uh, with the dwarves. 
Well, you know, the dwarves are resilient to magic, so it's cool. Oh, there it, you makes, go. it makes me wonder, like, for that specific faction, you know, how how would opinions vary based on somewhere like the Ferelden Circle, where you where they're out in the middle of nowhere on yeah. Lake Callanhead, compared yeah, yeah. to compared to like the circle in Kirkwall, which is in the middle of freaking Kirkwall. Yes. That is so, true. There is a major. Are there are there more isolationists than in Kirkwall because they're like, look, this could, this is a powder keg. Let's get out of here, <laughs> guys. Guys, we need to go. It's gonna get bad. <laughs> It's and that's that's a fair point, and um, the especially where you're, and it's definitely where you come from is probably going to influence uh, how what uh, how much power each fraternity has, um, and of course, uh, speaking of power, there is the uh, one of the last uh, the last fraternities, not the last of the fraternities. There are some smaller subsets of fraternities, but the we'll talk, t- we'll touch on the big ones, uh, the Lucrosians, who think that magic is power. And power should be used for the betterment of the self. It's, it's, it's almost kind of like like a, like super like the supervillain fraternity. Is. I was just gonna say this is like the we, have, so, we all have twirly uh, mustaches. We're so much better than the rest of them. We could just do whatever we want. Die Thetas to the train tracks. Meh. Cough to Vinter supremacists. Cough. <laughs> I, you know, I was gonna yes. say that uh, is. Let's see. We'll, we should all just move to Deventer. We've got a better lot there, right? Eh. Kind of. No. <laughs> You're just getting um, killed by other mages. Then. Yeah. There's some other smaller uh, fraternities that show up like in maybe like one game. Like the Resolutionists were um, or a kind of an extremist group, actually, within the circle of Magi. And they caused a lot of trouble and really didn't help the powder keg that was Kirkwall. So they're called Resolutionists, but they really didn't no, bring about a whole lot of resolution. Not really, no. <laughs> It didn't go well. Didn't resolve much. Mm-mm. So, um, while uh, unless you actually like start, unless maybe like if you start the game uh, at later levels, maybe you're like level five, uh, and the GM says that you can be a member of the Enchanters. Um, maybe you are part of a fraternity, and even if you're not, you can always you know cleave to that particular philosophy. Although you don't necessarily like Enchantry, pol- uh, not Enchantry, in Circle politics, you don't necessarily represent them. But you can still be an advocate for them. Can have a libertarian poster on your wall. <laughs> uh huh. Maybe it's a magic poster that uh, disappears whenever you snap. It disappears when you really need it to. Like when the Templars walk by. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Although here... wouldn't it be more dangerous to have a magical poster than it would be to have I don't know a poster with propaganda on it? You yeah, are stifling was... <laughs> my freedoms as a libertarian. <laughs> I just, I just point out. <laughs> All, All hail right. friend Andraste. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh. So, um, of course, if you're going to be a circle uh, circle mage, it's good to know um, if your adventure is going to take place outside of the circle. Most adventures probably are going to be. Um, so it's good to know, have you received permission to leave the circle? Um, most circle mages kind of have a bit of leeway to leave the tower, but usually, like, when they are performing some kind of research... You need clearance. Uh, yeah, you need to get clearance to go. So, what's your clearance to leave if you're going to be going on adventures with all these weirdos? And if you don't have clearance, maybe you to don't. the apostate life. Yeah, maybe you don't. Maybe you just happen to be a circle mage and that's your background, but now you're on the lam. <laughs> we have an NPC like that. Yeah, we, we do have an NPC like that, actually. He ran to Deventer. It worked out great for him. Actually, I did. The circle mage within within my group is very much in very much in that vein. He, uh, oh, man. Um, 
an experiment. Uh, both he and his brother had magical talent, and the experiment went awry, and lo oh, and no. behold, um, his brother died, and he was horribly scarred, and he fled the circle. Ah, oh, that'll do it. Mm-hmm. That's rough. That's, oh, man. A, I hate Thetis sometimes. <laughs> Right. Um, I think one of the mages that we were going to have in our group, but um, then he eventually had to step out of the group. Uh, was commitments and such. Oh, right, because of all the commitments and such. He was going to be, or I think uh, actually they were, the character was gender fluid, though, so they were going to be. Um, the player was a he. Um, but um, their character was going to be a, uh, re- was going to be researching the, the veil. Uh, and uh, how oh, yeah. it's going to be like researching if it's thinner in certain places, what effects that has. They were the with environment. us for like one episode. All oh, right, they were with you guys for a small, for a short amount of time. Then uh, they had to go on their merry way. I'm sure they're just. I'm sure it just it, everything just worked out great, especially with uh, crazy elven gods of vengeance running around. Yep, everything yeah. works out great when that's happening. Oh yeah, but that's not the only kind of adventure hook you can use to uh, get right. your party going. Segway. Segway. <laughs> Look at that, all classy. Oh, I'm so smooth, you guys. <laughs> We're so professional at all this. Yeah, you haven't heard a single cat yet. No, and I haven't said uh yet. I'll bet I you don't still think. said it. I know, and I probably said it. Yeah, you're probably right. You've got me at least four <laughs> times at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's right. So, um, we've got a couple of venture hooks written down, and we can, if we, if we can, we can think of any on the fly, or even use ones that we've used. Uh, you can use these for your character, or to introduce the life of a circle mage into your campaigns for your players to see, even if they're not members. Um, oh, see, there's one. I found one. Don't worry. <laughs> I always worry about there, it. There will, I... There's no scarcity, probably. Right. Well, um... I wouldn't worry about our it. Our first one, I did it again... An elf in the alienage, uh, where your characters happen to be passing by, is uh, very cagey about their young child being outside, especially when they start to get mad. Maybe your characters start to get into an altercation, and their nature is revealed when the child uses a shock spell to either help the PCs, or if the PCs are menacing their uh, menacing their parent, maybe they use it to defend their parent. You know, if your PCs a jerk. Oh, right, yeah, if your PCs are jerks. They, of course, the, the parents then beg the PCs not to reveal them to the Chantry. They don't want to lose their child to the looming tower on the horizon, never getting to see them again. So, how do your PCs react? Oof. Do your PCs call the Templars or drag them to the circle themselves? Or do they take up the burden of trying to keep that secret that they know of an apostate outside the circle? That's a tough one. There's really no happy ending there. It's true. Yeah. Someone's getting disappointed by the end of that. <laughs> yep, somebody's going to feel bad. Mm-hmm. So, um, what about a human child in a village the pieces are passing by is clearly being bullied by their peers. The altercation begins to turn violent, and the child being bullied then freezes another child solid in a fearful shout. Oh my gosh. What do the pieces do now? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's, That's not a fun pieces, time right there. Right. Can the PCs wow. save the the frozen kid? Uh, can Do the PCs... Uh, Are they gods? <laughs> do the PCs apprehend the... Um, the, the the circle the mage that the, the newly uh, the newly minted mage who has just discovered their powers? Do they try and cover things up for that kid's sake? Or do they take them back to their parents? Or what do you guys do? <laughs> Well, and uh, it could get worse, too. 
if right. say that you know what's the background of that child is perhaps that the back that the child of the person who's been hiring the PCs perhaps. Oof. And that gets maybe ex- like the only nice person in the whole family. <laughs> uh huh. And that gets exponentially worse if it's not just any child, if it's a noble child. If that, exactly. Uh, when you uh, put that in Orlay, where you know someone's bloodline is you know really important, or someone's mm-hmm. child is set to be the heir to a uh, noble title. Yeah. A lot deeper questions there. And yeah. maybe the kid they froze was just some nobody. Maybe the kid, uh, no, maybe the kid was just a commoner. We don't have to worry about it. Maybe it was just some ruffian on the street, and we can just let this whole thing bowl over. Maybe we can get a reward by uh, ex- by um, extorting the parents to not reveal the kids and give us have money. I, so have I we, mentioned uh... that I sometimes hate Thetis in the last five minutes? Because if I haven't, <laughs> let me mention it again. Thetis kind of stinks. This place is terrible. <laughs> it's a really cool world, but I wouldn't want to live there. No. I, I still think that Orzammar is my favorite part of Thetis. I would never, ever want to live Orzammar there. Orzammar is terrible. Totally exactly. agree. We'll talk about how terrible that is later. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be there myself, but man, it's so cool to watch. Beautiful place. Don't want to. Don't want to spend more than a day there. Wow. Right. We're good. We're good for that. So. A human comes to the PCs asking for help. They desire, and you might recognize this one if you played the Circle Mage Origin, they desire to be with their loved one, who is a mage in one of the nearby circles. They met when she was making deliveries of food and drink to the circle, and they hit it off. They no longer wish to be apart, as young lovers tend to do. Let's see. Then they let's see. And the human who comes to the PCs desires the, their lover to be free, but has been informed that the Templars will hunt them down should their mage lover leave the circle. They are willing to pay in gold and smuggled magic items directly from the Formari's crafting tables to secure their aid in destroying the phylactery. This can be extra fun if one of the PCs is from the circle in question. The reward is not insubstantial, but it may lead to further adventures when it comes to light how the lovers secured their payment for the PCs. Oh man, that just there are all kinds of problems that can come up with Ooh. that. That is virtually guaranteed to go poorly. Oh yeah. But maybe um, maybe that uh, PC who has met the uh, circle mage is a close friend of one of the other PCs just to make sure that there's a lot of uh, painful emotional commitments involved. Yeah. Maybe that's how you get one of the PCs out and into the adventure. Ooh, there we go. Yeah. Let's see. The next one we wrote was, uh, for a group of PCs who have no knowledge of the Circle's fraternities, a pair of mages have been have had a bit to drink uh, who come in, and come into earshot of the PCs, debating about the Circle's future. No Templars are nearby, and the townspeople are very clearly uncomfortable hearing about one of the, well, about one of the mages' opinions. The Circles should let the mages be citizens of Fetus. They are obviously the Libertarian fraternity. The other mage only makes things worse, since they are part of the Lucrosian fraternity, and they claim the mages should just use their gift to secure power and make the southern nations rival to Vinter in magical strength. If the PCs don't shut them up, the mage shut up the shut up the mages. A quickly growing angry mob will. Oh no! <laughs> and then, of course, maybe or maybe your PCs or maybe one of your PCs is a circle mage and wants to get in on this. And start, uh, and, and start what, get drunk and make bad life choices. Well, not necessarily get drunk, but get part of the debates, and the target numbers will be really low because they're all drunk. <laughs> I feel like with the with a drunk libertarian, it would just of this particular kind. It would just the numbers would get higher because they just right. get more and more set in the fact like I want to be free. <laughs> no, I'm not listening to your junk. I'm I'm pretty Let's sure the uh, the Lucrosian in this scenario like go, needs to go ru- read the uh, the evil overlord list. Like, do not discuss <laughs> my plans to take over Thanos <laughs> in public. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like num like one of the major things. I could see the libertarian drawing some dirty glances, but the Lucrosian's just, that's 
just icing on the cake. Uh, it just takes everybody from being like, you know, aghast to, I'm gonna stab this person. Uh oh. Here we go. Ugh. Terrible. And he also needs a, and our and my henchman. Once I will let my henchman know that we have no surprise uniform inspections. <laughs> exactly. You got what I'm putting um, down. <laughs> yeah. See where we're going here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, maybe one of the PCs is approached with a mission from the Mages Collective. Uh, if you play Dragon Age Origins, you probably picked up a lot of side quests from the Mages Collective. And they can be an excellent way to introduce Circle, Ma- Circle Mage uh, and Circle of Magi politics into, the dra- into your Dragon Age campaign. They deal with magical studies and the desires that they want to keep secret. And they're usually not... Uh, they're usually, I guess, above the board, kind of. Some folks actually like com- uh, contact the Mages Collective because they know about dangerous mages who are out there and they want them to be gotten rid of because they're going to cause bad problems for the rest of us. Or maybe uh, they need some uh, magical reagents collected for a ritual that's going to take place. And maybe if any of the pieces have magical knowledge, they might know exactly what that uh, research is going to be doing. And maybe they're going to decide that it's not such that a good idea. That looks a lot like dragon's blood. Right. I'm what, having second thoughts. What did you need that for again? <laughs> nothing good can come of this. <laughs> Absolutely nothing good. That seems to be a running theme for Circle Mages. <laughs> nothing good can come of this. We all just really want some Kool-Aid. Red Kool-Aid. <laughs> Red dragon blood flavored Kool-Aid. It's legit, I promise. It's very specific tastes. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> nah, not actually blood mages, just Kool-Aid hipsters. All right. <laughs> That's that's the end. Not that's actually the twist at the mages. end. Kool Aid mages. Oh man. Oh yeah. They just specialize in knocking down stone walls. <laughs> no, they use the blind mind blast st- spell yeah. all the time. <laughs> Boom. Oh yeah. Boom. Oh yeah. I'm down. I'm down for this. That's the only spell they cast, and they do it real great. Oh, Brilliant. Well, before this gets any more ridiculous or depressing, because those seem to be the two extremes between which we vacillate. I mean... Welcome to my game table. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It sounds like your game table and ours would get along just fine. I think that's all of the magic I have left in me. I think all my mana's tapped out. All the mana's tapped out. Gotta go drink some Larian potions. Yeah, long rest. Yeah, take a nice long rest. Um, so, uh, Mr. Kolaski, if you'd like to add anything, uh, any of your own ideas, your own two cents, plug anything at this point? (laughs) Uh, it's just been an absolute pleasure talking with you guys. Uh, I so rarely get to, get to nerd out over Dragon Age, but I think my wife at this point, I don't think she's tired of it, but she's (laughs) like, all right, move on. Come on. (laughs) Next thing. Uh, but uh, if you're interested gotcha. in uh, if you're interested in seeing uh, some of my work uh, that's not with Dragon Age, uh, you can check out uh, my website at blackfallpress.com or our Facebook page at uh, Blackfall Press LLC. Uh, Twitter handle Blackfall Press as well. So yeah, definitely do it, guys. I know we're gonna. Oh yeah, that uh, what was it? The um, Cold let's see, Cold Hard Steel RPG. What was it? Cold Steel Wardens. Cold Steel Wardens. Role playing in Iron Age cool. of Comics. That sounds really cool. I I looked at a little bit, and uh, I might have to check that out. It's yeah, up we on, have to. Do it's up stuff. on Drive Through RPG now, and hard copies Excellent. through Studio Two Publishing. Cool. All right. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's it was, been a blast. Yeah. yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. It's been a guys. blast having you on too. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, we'll have to bring you back on for sure. Excellent. <laughs> Definitely. So uh, that means I guess we'll all be signing off. Uh, this is Ren, wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die. And this is Jessica, wishing you good heels and happy feels. And this is Andy, uh, wishing you to keep the dread wolf off your trail. Nice. Oh, uh, please do. See, it took me forever to come up with a second one since he took my first one. And you got one, like, what, in a few seconds? I'm, I'm a little jealous. I do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening to us. Uh, join us on the Wonders of Thetis podcast the next time. Uh, thank you all very much. You all have a good whatever comes next. Yep. Whatever it Cheers. is. I hope it's neat. <laughs> See ya.